Next on BYU Sports Nation, game day versus Pepperdine. The Cougars have lost four in a row in Malibu. Is tonight a trap game for BYU? Greg Rubel joins us from the beaches of SoCal to preview tonight's matchup with Pepperdine. And Jackson Emery chimes in on BYU's margin of error in the WCC. Plus our N1 picks. You know 17-plus is happening. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, February 15th. What's up? Hopefully Valentine's Day was fun. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is getting a lot more vitamin D than we are in Southern California. Right now, getting ready for the call tonight. So I'm teamed up with a man who has curled more than you have, Jason Shepard. You're making me feel guilty that today was my off day, that I didn't go to the gym. I'll make up for it tomorrow. It was a double meaning. Uh, you're from Kearns, and uh, they do curling mm-hmm. at the ice rink there I thought you were talking well. curls. That was what I was hoping you'd look at, thinking it was a fastball, then it was a slider in for a strike. You know, I have lived... curling! I have lived by that Olympic over for yeah. many a year. Have you been inside? Never been inside one time. I went to a high school hockey game for the Copper Hills one time in there. Really? But you can go curling there, which is cool, I think. Uh, to be to, <laughs> Honestly, to say that you've done it, that actually would be something to... Every, look, I've done yeah, this. Every four years I go, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then four years later I go, oh, I haven't done it, but I should go like, do you it. You know, I, I should really do that. Second or third iteration of that. Yeah. <laughs> Lots going on. It is a ball night, so rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, BYU's lost four in a row in Malibu. We've made a big deal about it. Well, it should be a big deal. BYU should not have lost any in a row uh, in Malibu. So tonight, BYU going for the win after losing four in a row at Firestone Fieldhouse against Pepperdine. Are you scared of this game? In a word, no. Yes, BYU has lost four in a row. BYU is the better team. BYU They've beat been the this, better team the last four. I, I get it. BYU beat this team a couple weeks ago by 20 points here in Provo. The Pepperdine Waves have one conference victory. And it was kind of lucky. Yes. BYU is winning this game. I am not scared. This is a Coug dub. I believe that BYU will win this game as well. Yet, when BYU loses non-St. Zaga, we never see it coming. Did anyone see the LMU loss coming? Did anyone see the Pacific loss coming? Those are the two non-St. Zagas. I do not believe that this is number three tonight in terms of non-St. Zaga losses. I believe BYU wins this game tonight. Dave Rose said that foul trouble played a huge role. As long as BYU can stay out of foul trouble, I think it's, it's going to be no problem, man. Well, staying out of foul trouble and not turning the ball over. That's something that, that Coach Rose talked about ever since the same. You Mary- can turn it over 19 times and win in <laughs> overtime. <laughs> well, yes. we learned Saturday. Yes, you can, yes. That's, that is possible. A te- it's a teaching moment. Yeah. But you mentioned you, you don't lose. You never see the losses coming. And, and you're right. The, the LMU, nobody saw that coming. Even with that, and even with the stat that BYU loses a certain number of non-Saints. 2.8. That, that doesn't change the fact that going into a game that BYU should win, I expect BYU to win. I do. This is a streak-busting year. Let's talk about it. BYU beats Utah in hoops. BYU loses at Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. And now BYU's going to beat Pepperdine tonight. I don't think Reggie Miller's going to be there like he was previously. <laughs> Trent Dilfer was there. Bronson Kafusi was there two years ago when I was at this game. 
This is live on BYU TV, by the way, at 10 Eastern time. Women's game at 8. We got a doubleheader today on BYU TV with hoops. All right, staying on topic of uh, BYU on the road, the Cougars Mm -hmm. have lost their last three games away from the friendly confines of the Marriott Center. Their next three games, all on the road. How will BYU fare over the next three? At least two and one. I wouldn't be shocked if BYU lost, say, at San Diego. That is a Mm -hmm. tough matchup for BYU. It ended up being a 16-point win earlier in the year. I see BYU winning tonight. I see BYU winning at Portland. Uh, Saturday could be tough. If BYU uh, loses two, I'll be shocked. I'll be appalled. BYU should win all three, if not two. Yes, BYU should win all three. Worst case scenario is that game at San Diego. That yes, that is like just like you said. That's, that's the a legit. One. Okay, St. Mary's has lost like two games by three to them. Yeah, like, that's how tough they it's, are. It's it's their style. It's just a, it is a completely different type of scheme than BYU, and it just it's it causes issues. It causes issues for a lot of as you mentioned a lot of the different teams in the conference. But yeah, I mean, I BYU should win all three of these games on the road. If they're going to lose a game, which hopefully they don't, the one that you certainly look at is San Diego. Yeah, ultimately losing a game here doesn't matter. Like BYU's going to have to win the league. It just affects NIT seating and no one cares about that. <laughs> Elijah Bryant's averaging seven and a half fewer points per game since getting hit in the head at LMU. Is this decreased due to Brian not being 100% or TJ Haas' increased production? Okay, I want to ask, is it, do we have to pick one or the other? Because it's, if I have to pick one or the other, I'm going to say it's because TJ Haas has increased his production. Has, do you think TJ saw, okay, Elijah, uh, there's an opportunity for me to help our team by injecting myself in the offense more? Well, I think there's, there's probably some of that, but I also just think it's the evolution of TJ's game and is the shots falling Uh, and we've seen this a lot with him you know he's hit some threes for his first make of the game but a lot of times he's going to get in a layup just getting that first shot out of the way and that that seems to kind of jumpstart his game a little bit so I, I I mean by all accounts I mean there's there's nothing to suggest that that Elijah is hurt or anything it's just kind of the way the last couple of games have gone but I, I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that TJ is taking some of those possessions away because he is shooting the ball better and maybe has the ball in his hands just a little bit more. But, yeah, if I have to choose one or the other, I think it's just because of the increased production of, of TJ. It's both to me, but it's Elijah Bryant, uh, for some reason, not shooting as much. He's just not shooting as much. And, and don't forget, TJ Haas, uh, three of seven against Gonzaga from three, three of seven against San Francisco. Those were good. One of six against Santa Clara, but he was perfect from two, five for five. Elijah Bryant needs to be the 18-point a guy for BYU to be its best self, in my opinion. But its best self also includes TJ Haas being a 15-plus guy as well. You need the three-headed monster uh, of Yoli Childs, Elijah Bryant, and TJ Haas. Maybe we need some kind of singular name for those three. But I do think that Elijah Bryant needs to bring it for BYU to have a shot on semifinal Monday in Vegas, should the Cougars get there? Well, certainly they. I mean, they need everybody to be playing well, and you, you're you're looking for everybody well, to yes, at least get, no. get get his, their averages. Yes. yes, yes. Like everyone's like everyone played great, and you don't get that many great performances from guys in a game. If you get two, you're in a good spot. If you get three, you're probably winning. But you need the role players to do their thing, and they don't need to be great. They just need to be good enough. Right. Interesting comments from Trent Playstead yesterday, who joined us on the show. He was talking about the domination by Gonzaga and St. Mary's being in the DNA of the other WCC teams. I think St. Mary's and Gonzaga, it's almost like in their DNA. Like, listen, 
we're at the top of this thing. And not only is it in their DNA, it's in everybody else's DNA. Like, hey, listen, these two teams are at the top of this thing. And, and BYU has had to come in and try to unseat those two. And it hasn't really been successful to this point, but that's what they're working towards. And, and like I said, with the style changes they've made this year, I think they're, they're on the right track. Do you agree or disagree with that theory? I agree 100%. I think it's a great point by Trent. Um, everyone in the league, including St. Mary's and BYU, know that it's Gonzaga's league and that Mark View is the acting, he's the actual commissioner of the league, okay? There's an acting commissioner who's in uh, San Bruno, California, running the league. But Mark View's the most powerful figure in the league, right? I agree a thousand percent. I think Pacific and Portland and Pepperdine, everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. St. Mary's has emerged as the number two the last couple of years. BYU hopes to step into that spot. It's Gonzaga's league, and I don't see BYU overtaking that more than a singular season in the future. So does that theory then bring out an explanation as to why BYU has lost to some of the other teams? Because if, if the other teams who've been in this league with, with Gonzaga and St. Mary's so long and have never had success, are they just so beaten down that they just don't expect it? But that's not the case with BYU because they're new to the league, so to speak, new. Uh, yeah, it's been because seven there's not, years. There's not that air of we just can't beat this team because they don't have that long history like they do with the other two. I think that these teams in singular instances believe, okay, maybe we can knock off Gonzaga tonight. But no one actually believes they can win the regular season and overtake Gonzaga or actually win in Vegas outside of St. Mary's. BYU hasn't won a conference tournament since 2001. The belief is not there right now. It needs to become something that BYU believes, and I think BYU has to do it. I, I think you need to see the Red Sea part before you actually believe that's possible sometimes, right? If you believe the Red Sea is going to part before you've ever seen it or been told about it, that's quite a bit of faith, and I don't have that much faith in BYU in a conference tournament in that way right now. <laughs> I really don't. Both the men and women's hoops teams right now are 9-5 and five in conference play. Which team finishes the season with a better conference record with four to go? Can I say they both finish with the same record? Sure, you cop out. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, here, here's the difference. Here's the difference in the two. Yes. Their schedules obviously mirror each other, but uh-huh. when one is at home, the other's on the road. So three while we, home games yes, for the ladies. So three home games for, for the, the women's team. Then they finish the regular season at Gonzaga, just the opposite for, for BYU with the three road games. So I, and the women don't win in Spokane. Like, it's not a thing they do no matter how good they are. Look, it's so I'm, hard. I, look, in, in all reality, the, what's realistic is both go 3-1. and one. Amen to that. 12-6. and six. Both, both could go 4-0. and oh, And I think, but, I, you know, what's probably realistic is 3-1 and one for both. It's more realistic than the men beat top 10 Gonzaga at home than the women win in Spokane. Like, BYU has locked up an outright regular season championship, gone to Spokane on the women's side, and been blown out. Yeah. Like, it's a weird deal. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I see 3-1, and one, which is a strong finish yep. for both teams. 12-6. and Six, six is a, a, a lot for a number two seed in the women's side, but there's been a ton of parity there. And BYU is going to finish third, well, I think, at 12-6. and six. And and a 3-1 and one finish would, would put, depending on what other teams do, obviously, that would put the women in the, in the number two or the number three seed, and that's exactly There's where, no difference th- that's, that's exactly where yeah. Coach Judkins wants to be. So he, I, I've got to think he would be very happy with that. Gonzaga's the sixth seed on the women's side, by the, right, by the way, right now. So it's a one-bid league, yeah. unless someone upsets Right. Yeah. Number seven, men's volleyball, takes on number 10, Grand Canyon University tonight in Phoenix. Now, here's the interesting part about this. Grand Canyon hopes to set an attendance record during tonight's match. If they are to do that, who deserves more credit? 
Would that be the Grand Canyon uh, contingency or the BYU contingent? It would be the BYU because there's a ton of members of the church in the valley. I expect the entire city of Mesa to be at this game. My mom's going to be at Mesa, this game. Mesa, Gilbert, Chandler. Chandler, Goodyear, <laughs> Surprise, everybody, Scottsdale, let's go. Everybody be at this match tonight uh, at Grand Canyon, which, by the way, is like randomly a for-profit university. Dan Marley's there. Thunder They're Dan is the head coach. Like randomly Grand Canyon, which by the way used to be in a league that competed against teams in like Illinois and Indiana. Now they're finally in BYU's league. They're in Phoenix. This makes sense. This is fantastic. Homecoming for outside hitter Andrew Lincoln. BYU, baby. BYU, man. Outside of being a really good basketball player, Dan Marley, best tan I've ever seen. Was it real or fake? Real because he's well, in, he Phoenix? Lives in Phoenix. Yes. He also was like I just a, have to ask the question. He was also like a spokesman for uh, for a pool company down there. He has a restaurant. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I forgot about the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's yeah. And if, hey, if there's anything we as BYU like to talk about, our dominance and attendance. <laughs> it's attendance. <laughs> BYU's the number one men's volleyball team in attendance. Hoops is top twenty. Football is perennially, uh, you know, top thirty, thirty-five. So. We get. People attending our games. And That's just reality. And no school wonders more about gym size than BYU. Our question of the day, what will be tomorrow's headline following BYU at Pepperdine? Use the hashtag BYUSN, weigh in on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. At Colonel underscore James 83. Five Cougars in double figures lead the way for an easy win over Pepperdine. Mm, easy. I like it. Coming up, our and one picks, hopefully without updated stats, and former Cougar Jackson Emery. <laughs> no, we're going to update those. And next, Greg Rubel from the beaches of Southern California. Do we hope he gets stung by a jellyfish? No, who wrote that? Come on. That's just mean. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Men's basketball faces Pepperdine tonight at Firestone Fieldhouse in Malibu, not named after Roy Firestone. Catch the game on BYU TV and BYU Radio, 10 p.m. Eastern. Radio pregame begins at 9 Eastern. This is BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and the aforementioned BYU Radio. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Also, follow us on Instagram. We have uh, a ton of content coming out on the Insta story, behind-the-scenes stuff. Check it out. Our question today, what will be tomorrow's headline following the BYU at Pepperdine game. This in on Twitter, at Cosmo underscore duh underscore Cougar. Malibu who? I like the headline. BYU breaks streak and ensures people still need to ask Siri, where is Pepperdine? Does anyone, does anyone actually, everyone knows it's in Malibu, right? Like, yeah, who doesn't not, know where is that, it's, not, is that a thing? Known? Is this a thing? I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't realize that was Malibu is known for two things. Should we ask Siri right known now where's things. Malibu? Or where's Pepperdine? Sure, go ahead. Should we do it? Yeah. Hey, Siri. Where is Pepperdine? I found one option. Peppermint Place on S Street in Pleasant Grove. <laughs> okay. Well, free commercial. That backfired. <laughs> it's a Peppermint Place in Pleasant Grove. Okay, you win. Pepperdine's known for two things. Sorry, Malibu, where Pepperdine is. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tony Stark's place. Yes. Yeah, he's in Malibu. A man who is near the beaches and will be in Malibu today for the 
game on BYU Radio. He's the voice of the Cougars. His name is Greg Rubel. He's on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Gregory, what is up this morning? Good morning, brethren. How are we doing? We're doing great. You tweeted, we're, in, uh, we're in California. Yes. You tweeted out a photo on the beach, so it sounds like uh, things are just going uh, quite swell right now. How is the weather this morning? It's gorgeous. It's, um, I'm guessing it's somewhere in the 60s, headed for somewhere in the 70s, and I don't see a cloud in the sky, and I already had a run on Venice Beach, and life is beautiful. There's a lot to discuss with you, most of which has to do with BYU and Pepperdine, but uh, we, we talked with Mark Duran on Monday about his kitten shirt. Uh, will you be wearing any animal print shirts at some point? Absolutely not. <laughs> Can you confirm that Mark has the kitten shirt with him? I'm afraid to ask. I <laughs> <laughs> guess we'll all find out soon enough, uh, just a couple of hours. So, Greg, the, the interesting thing, and I, and I guess this is a question that really we won't know until game time, and that's kind of what Coach Rose said, but we all heard the news that Pepperdine and Marty Wilson will part ways at the end of the season. So what type of effect do you think that news will have on tonight's game? Well, the Waves have already been playing pretty hard. Um, you know, when, when they were missing Cameron Edwards, his great score is when, some, you know, when they had some of their worst struggles of the season. Since so he's been back, they're a better basketball team. And while they are losing games, they're in games and in, and in games for longer. So they're playing hard, and Dave Rose sees that. And then when it comes to Pepperdine and BYU, well, They've always played BYU hard. Uh, you know, you have to go back to the fact that BYU hasn't won here in five years to see how well Pepperdine plays when the Cougars are in town. And you get one of those weird, small venue dynamics where BYU brings so many fans, it turns on the opposing team, the home team in this case, and it turns on even the smaller faction of home fans. And so BYU's encountered this at many places where the fact that BYU brings so many people into venues and sometimes a greater preponderance of fans into these venues, the, the home team takes some motivation from it, and the home fans tend to get a little louder and prouder. And, and you've seen that, and I've seen that the last few years at Pepperdine. And, and BYU tends to, and Dave, I, I think might concur with this, maybe even you know, kind of talked about this, BYU's gotten a little bit impatient at Firestone Fieldhouse, especially if they, if they lose a lead, they start to feel a little edgy, and, and you can tell that things get a little skittery. And, uh, and foul trouble has been an issue. Then you lose some of your better players, uh, you know, through the whistle. And so it's been kind of a, an unfortunate confluence of events uh, at Pepperdine in recent seasons. And so, you know, the, the Marty Wilson factor, getting back to your original question, is a factor. But uh, they've always played well for him and well against BYU here. So I don't know that they could do a whole lot more, a whole lot better for Marty in the Waves than they've, than they've done historically against the Cougars. You always lost three in a, a row on the road. They lost four in a row in Malibu. So there's certain stats that certainly don't line up going into this game. Yeah, this is a team that BYU really handled in the first game. Um, so why do you expect tonight to maybe be different? Well, I, I think what BYU did uh, last week was important. Uh, even though they didn't dominate San Francisco, the way they came back to win that game, I hope, uh, provides a springboard of sorts to what's to come. And, and BYU does have three straight road games of their final four here to end the season. And uh, we'll get to it in our staff, but BYU's been a good road team in the Dave Rose era. And this is a nice chance to not exactly exercise some demons, show that that, uh, that road strength is still uh, something to count on here down the stretch. Well, you mentioned it, uh, the, the road record, which is part of our A stat that matters. So of the previous 10 seasons uh, under Dave Rose, BYU's had a, a losing true away record only one time. And with a win tonight, or with BYU's next true away win, 
BYU will be assured of at least a 500 record in true away games for a 10th time in 11 seasons. And so Dave record, uh, Dave Rose's record um, really uh, relies on a lot of different consistent hallmarks. And one of them is, is true away play or play away from home. And, and BYU has been uh, very good there and very consistent there. And consistency is the hallmark of, of the Dave Rose era. You know, we've talked about a 20 wins in every season, uh, double-digit conference wins in every season, uh, no more than six league losses ever in, in every season. And uh, so he just kind of, you know, ticks off these different statistical mileposts year after year uh, without much variation. And road play, away play, is one of those consistent uh, 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 attributes uh, of the Dave Rose era. At LMU... Elijah Bryant gets hit in the head, and he uh, doesn't play a great game at Gonzaga uh, against Santa Clara and San Francisco. Still scores 14, only shot eight times. Do you think that Elijah Bryant takes more than 10 shots tonight? Uh, let's see. Uh, he's, you know, he, he's, he's averaging you know, well more than that. Um, and, and so the, the, the last two games are the outliers. And I think the fact – I think the LMU game had an obvious carryover into the Gonzaga game. The numbers show it. Uh, he could not have been feeling himself that night uh, after getting rung up at LMU and then getting uh, taken a knee or a knee or a leg injury early in that Gonzaga game. So I look at that Gonzaga game as the ultimate outlier because he wasn't feeling well, could not have been feeling well. But uh, I, I would say that uh, Elijah takes at least 10 shot attempts tonight, yes. You know, it's interesting because we always talk about regardless win or, or loss, you once that game's done, you move on to the next one. But I, I am curious what type of effect you think, especially the way that the San Francisco game played out with is with all of the drama and, you know, everybody just, I mean, elated after that, obviously. What type of effect can a game like that have on a team, especially not just in the next one, but moving forward? Well, I, I think in, in BYU's case, it's, 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 it's a matter of confidence. Uh, you know, if we can do that, you know, what can't we do? Uh, it, it was among the most improbable results of the college basketball season. And so I, I think for BYU to get that done, I mean, the emotions of the night have, have long since worn off. Um, and you can't say it's going to be a direct carryover just from an emotional standpoint, but you can say it could carry over from a confidence standpoint. Uh, the things they had to do, the number of things in succession they had to do, almost everything has to go right uh, to get that win. And that said, I mean, it, it wasn't like, I, for example, I saw the, uh, uh, the Bucknell game a couple of nights ago. They were down, I think, 10 in the final minute, came back to win. But one of the things about that Bucknell game was, the other team didn't get possession. The other team would have turned it over. The other team, um, uh, I think, committed a technical foul. And, and there, there, there were sequences without them getting possession. But USF actually had possession and actually scored on possessions and forced BYU to score even more. So what BYU did, I think, was doubly remarkable for the fact that USF even got a few points scored in those final 30 seconds, and BYU still found a way to get it done. Greg Rebell, the voice of the Cougars, is on BYU Sports Nation getting ready for BYU at Pepperdine tonight, 9 Eastern time, pregame on BYU Radio. Uh, the other day on BYU Basketball at Dave Rose, we had a shocking revelation uh, from Heath Troyer saying that one of his favorite bands was Nickelback. Now, we went on to research this and discovered that Nickelback actually will be playing in Vegas uh, around the West Coast Conference Tournament. If Heath and I go to Nickelback, would you join us, Greg? I don't know. It depends on the schedule, how much work has to be done, and 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 uh, you know how things shape up. But uh, of course, they are Canadian, and uh, and I'd be lying if I didn't say I, I if if I if I said uh, that I didn't have any Nickelback in my uh, Apple Music library. I do. 
and, and so I, I think it's a judgmental society that um, that that, uh, that 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 takes a look or, or looks down their nose at bands like that. So I think we all need to uh, uh, you know show a little more love and respect everyone else's choices and realize that music is music and it's made by many different people and and uh, and you can like many different things. Amen, Greg. Like they sold fifty was, million. They sold was, fifty million albums. All right, people more, like them. Way That's, more serious than I was hoping for. <laughs> hey, but, that, but, that, but that's the truth, though. I mean, you, you, you can't be judgmental about people's musical tastes. I, I've got some of that. I've got some of everything. I, I've got so many different things in my in my library, and 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 you can't cast aspersions on what someone likes or doesn't like in the way of music. Uh, whatever sounds good to your ear sounds good to your ear. And uh, you know, they're they're earnest music makers. They made a lot of money doing it, drawn a lot of clouds crowds doing it, and it's kind of sad how they they become kind of like a punchline for a society. Um, that uh, you know, kind of disparages uh, their earnest in, uh, their earnest attempts to make a living and uh, and express their art. So yeah, it may sound serious, but it's sincere. Friday, March second, we'll be there at the Hard Rock. Then that's what I just learned. You guys are going to go. I like it. All right, we wanted to ask you this, Greg. Yesterday at the Olympics, uh, United States, the Canada, they played in uh, in hockey. Uh, Canada won, uh, but the two fought each other. There was a fight. That wasn't a fight. Okay, but it's being called a fight. <laughs> no, it wasn't a fight. Okay. Are we talking, are we talking, about, are we talking about the end of the game, goal mouth scramble? That yes. That's the end there? Yes. That's nothing. Here's my question. That's nothing. Okay, that's, okay so that's, that's fine. My question okay. to you is, during your days growing up in Canada, playing hockey as I know you did, how many times have you dropped the gloves? I never dropped the gloves. For real, like we would do it for fun if we're playing street hockey or, or shinny in the rink. You know, we we'd, we'd have fun, but never in a real game because uh, we were we were we were well-behaved kids. You know, and 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 really, you don't drop the gloves until you get a little older. Um, and, and so, you know, never had a fight in anger. I will say, on the ice or even off the ice, I've never uh, thrown a punch uh, in, in anger in, in any in any in any uh, uh, forum in my life. And I'm, I'm 50. I'm a man. I'm 50. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, end it with the much-anticipated A Cool Thing about Canada, Gregory. Well, you know, the Olympics are going on, and uh, Canada's off to a great start. Uh, 13 medals already. I think that has Canada what, tied for third, I think, in total medals. So it's been a tremendous start for, for Canada. And uh, I'll turn the eighth cool thing about Canada into a, uh, a question for you guys. So... There are two Olympic sports in which Canada has the all-time lead in total medals won at the Winter Olympics. Which two sports are they? Curling and hockey. There you go. Could they be? Could, you know, could it be any other two? That's no. That's, well, the fact that we were able to answer so quickly—that's that's you guys dominate those. I mean, like that's yeah, you so, just know going into Olympics, yes. that's what we're going to come home with. Yes. So there have been five previous Winter Olympics since 1998 in which curling was an official sport. Canada's won a medal in all five of them, women and men. That's 10. Then they won the new event, mixed doubles curling, already this time. That's 11. So they won 11 curling medals, and they've won 20 hockey medals, women and men, over the years. So uh, in those two sports, Canada leads the way in total medals won at the Winter Olympics. Well, amen to that. And the, the Canada yeah. certainly uh, ahead of the U.S. right now in uh, uh, total medals, I believe. So Yeah, they are, actually. Yeah, I think U.S. is sitting around the 7 or 8, I think, after Michaela Schifrin, and uh, Canada's already up at 13. So uh, so good for them, good for both. And I love I, I love Olympics time. I can't get enough of it. Okay, Greg Rubel, we appreciate the time. We'll uh, listen to you tonight on BYU Radio. All right, boys, and it's on BYU TV as well. And uh, it's on BYU TV and radio again on uh, on Saturday, too. 
Hey, Greg. that's Gregor Bell, the voice of the hey Cougars guys. on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I will probably not be asking Greg about Nickelback ever again after that. <laughs> like, wow. here's the thing. If, uh, if, if you go, will you at least, like... Uh, if, well, if I go? If you go to this concert... Yeah, I would like to go. Will you face Facebook Live it for me so I can just check it out? I would, I would appreciate that. Yeah, it's, sure, it's totally cool. Coming up, Jackson, Jackson Emery joins us. What does he consider a successful season for BYU Hoops? And next, can Jason make up any ground in our N1 picks? He only has three points. What's up with ah. that? <laughs> if you missed Tuesday night's BYU basketball with Dave Rose, you can catch the rebroadcast immediately following BYU Sports Nation at 1 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. Welcome back, Jeremy Jason and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand. Let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's Hoops looks to snap a four-game losing streak at Pepperdine tonight in Malibu. BYU a 10.5-point favorite. Will I go 17-plus? That's coming up in the next segment. <laughs> the game's live at 10 Eastern on BYU TV with pregame on BYU Radio at 9. Women's basketball hosts Pepperdine tonight at the Marriott Center. You can catch the game on BYU TV with this guy at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Two of the top three scorers in the conference in action tonight. Seventh-ranked men's volleyball is at 10th-ranked Grand Canyon in the conference match tonight at 8 Eastern. In the first-ever meeting between the two, watch the game on YouTube. Day one of the MPSF Swimming Championships finished yesterday. Preliminaries wrap up today with the finals beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Also, the MPSF Diving Championships also begin today. All right. It used to be like a uh, street ball league. Now it's a segment on our show. It's called And One. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. The standings look like this. That other guy has 23 points. I have 16, and Jason has... Three? Why are we, honestly, please, just take me <laughs> off of these. If I were doing it every day, if I could you, deal with it. Listen, if you're going to... If you're going to pick, you're going to be in the standings. <laughs> but, what do you want? Do you not want to pick, or do you not want to be in the standings? I, I, can I just make picks even if I'm not on the show? No, Brian Logan. You can't do that. <laughs> All right. Spencer's picks. Do you mind sharing them with the world? Ah, yes. Spencer's picks. His two-pointer. First team to 21 points wins. What's this rationale there? I have I no know. idea. And one. Yoli Childs will have three or more dunks. Okay, he's averaging like two-ish. Two point something. So three is aggressive, right? What's the 21 points thing? I don't get that one. Okay, my two-pointer. The Cougars will win by double digits, okay? They're 10 and a half point fave. They're, they've lost four in a row. They're going to win by 10 plus. I'm not going 17 plus, but I'm going 10 plus, okay? And one. Elijah Bryant will go for at least 15, okay? He's gone for 14 the last two games. He had four the game before. He's going for 15-plus tonight. He's averaging 11 the last game, okay? All right, that was acceptable? That was acceptable, okay yes, yes. All right. One of them is very much acceptable because it's close to something that I'm saying. Okay. My two-pointer, but I'm going to take it up a notch. Elijah Bryant will score 20-plus, mm. so at least 20 tonight. That is my two-pointer. And one. Harmonious. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> wow, the double. Zach Sayos will shoot 50% or better from three. Ooh. What if he takes two and he makes one? Then you're good. Yeah. Because he doesn't really take a ton right 50% now. 50% or better. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling a good game from Zach coming on tonight. 
I would love to see Zach Celia shoot more threes and make more threes. Okay, let's let's just look at his stats the last couple games because Zachary was a fifteen point or fifty percent shooter. Zero for two against San Francisco. Two of eight at Santa Clara. Didn't take one at Gonzaga. Three of six at LMU. Didn't take one against Pacific. He has too many games where he doesn't even make a three. Bowie needs him to make a three in a game. Let's do it. Okay, those are our in one picks. Hopefully, uh, you know, one of these times we ought to have like a ten pointer. You can use it whenever you want. Ooh, well, see, they're, they're, what do we what do we think of this? Hey, the, uh, the All Star Weekend in the NBA, up. they're gonna they're gonna like the celebrity game. They're gonna put out a four point play. They're gonna where? try it. Where just a random spot? Yeah, I don't know where it's at. I don't know what the, the, the why isn't the, half court plus a four pointer? Why not? Half court needs to be why more not? than a four well, because well, the well, distance between slow. two and three is not yeah. that much. Yeah, like that's. Can you imagine at the end of a game, a team's down seven with 20 seconds to go, and they're shooting a half quarter because they want to, Look, not out of desperation with time? That would be awesome. Yeah, but I don't, I don't want – I don't want – I don't want hot spots. No, no, no. I just – do you remember that? No, I don't, actually. In the All-Star game? So, so, oh, yes, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eight-pointer right here. Yes. Five-pointer right here. I, I don't want this turning into the XFL, okay? All right? Just, just give me a basketball I game. I just said one thing. I didn't have cheerleaders in the stands. No, no, no. I'm a, not even talking about that. But I don't want it to turn into gimmicky. Out. I don't want it to be gimmicky. Is is it, uh, associating uh, an increased value for an increased distance gimmicky? Let me tell you. I'm just put, giving one they thing. They put in a six-point shot. You know who's coming back to the league? Jimmer. James. <laughs> Our question of the day. What would be tomorrow's headline following the BYU at Pepperdine game at USU Cougar 11? Malibu curse broken. Elijah Bryant leads the Cougars to their first win at Malibu or at Pepperdine in five years. That's the hope, right? And that he goes for exactly 16 points. <laughs> at, Sh- <laughs> at Shay Lauren C. Dream headline. In a surprising move, ESPN and the WCC agreed to no longer schedule games that start at 10 p.m. or later Eastern time on a weeknight. Hashtag Detroit BYU fan. And, and therein lies the problem, right? Like, BYU's in a West Coast league in hoops, so they're going to play games typically at 10 Eastern time, if not later. And yeah, I feel you, pain. our attendance is going to rock. There's Ziggy's Ziggy's uh, favorite fan right there, too. Coming up, who has it better, the hoops team in Malibu or the men's golf team in Hawaii? And Jackson Emery joins us next. Why he doesn't think BYU is improved this season. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Women's basketball at home tonight, hosting the Waves of Pepperdine. Watch the game at 8 Eastern on BYU TV. Jerem Jordan, Kristen Kozlowski on the call tonight. What up? I'm Jerem. He's Jason. This is BYU Sports Nation. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. If you miss the show at noon Eastern, there's always a rebroadcast at 6 Eastern on BYU TV. Our question of the day, what will be tomorrow's headline following the BYU at Pepperdine game at TM Sherbel? BYU's bench gets experience. Finally winning in Malibu. Hashtag up by 20. Hashtag fingers crossed. Hashtag go Cooks. Uh, at Max J. Isaacson. BYU peppers Pepperdine. Pepperdine for a winning meal. I, I just bought that. <laughs> BYU peppers Pepperdine for a winning meal. What is, yeah. what is <laughs> up, it? Yeah. What is up Pepperdine? It's a dude named George Pepperdine. What? Yeah. That's what Pepperdine is. Okay. You thought it was a thing, right? It's a guy. Well, they're the Waves. Or was it they're a guy? Not the Pepperdines. They're, no, they're the Pepperdine uh, Dines. The, yeah. Let's, uh, let's move on to something uh, more exciting. His name's Jackson Emery. He's the all-time steals leader. 
thou shalt at BYU. He's on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Jackson, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, man. Jerem, Jason, it's good to be back, guys. It's been a little while, so uh, I've seen you guys on Twitter and watched the show, so it's good to join you guys and talk a little bit. Well, let's get your opinion on some things. Uh, randomly, well, maybe not randomly, BYU's lost four in a row in Malibu, which is super weird. It's almost as weird as BYU having won three in Spokane uh, in a row. So <laughs> what do you expect tonight in, uh, as BYU tries to snap this streak? Yeah, uh, that that's extremely surprising to me because I, I thought I knew they had lost, you know, a couple times, but I didn't realize it was four times in a row or three times in a row, right? And um, it, it is a tough place to play in regards to, I guess, maybe it's just the Malibu Beach or maybe the lifestyle. It kind of like lulls you to sleep a little bit, right? But um, I, I honestly, I'm not too concerned about this game. Pepperdine's not a very good team. I mean, one and thirteen in conference play, four and twenty-two on the year. They they have really taken a step back. I, I felt like the last two years they were a little more talented and had more dangerous scorers. But uh, as long as we go in and play hard, um, I think that just with talent and effort alone, we should be able to beat these guys. You know, one of the questions that we've talked about, Jackson, throughout this whole season is BYU being improved. Are they an improved team? You know, if you're going to just look at records, I mean, I guess you're going to gonna have an opinion one way, but I still believe this is an improved BYU team. Is BYU improved this season, in your opinion? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting discussion, right? And a lot of people have you know, said they are improved. A lot of people said they have improved. They're the same team. Um, I think they've improved in certain areas, as in uh, defensively, I feel like they're more locked in. I feel like they're tied into you know, the defensive scheme that uh, Coach Troyer and Coach Rose have you know, implemented. I, I feel like they value possessions a little more. Um, but I do feel like uh, at the end of the day, they haven't improved in trying to get other guys involved. You know, it's one thing that, you know, especially when I played that we were really good at is, you know, our fourth and fifth, our third, fourth and fifth scoring options, right? And getting a variety of guys involved, whether it was myself or Jonathan Tavernari or Brandon Davies or Kyle Collinsworth or Tyler Haas. I mean, all fantastic players. But those are the guys that really made the teams, right? We always had the league camards as seniors or the, you know, Jimmers or, you know, myself. But the guys that really got us going were those individuals as well as guys like Noah Hartsock, right? So to me, offensively, they got to figure out how to get that third, fourth, and fifth scoring option going. And thankfully, TJ's really clicked these last few games. But the Zach Selyuses, the Dalton Nixons, we got to get those guys' confidence up. We got to get them shots. We need to get them going in order to make this team go. And then lastly, you know, for me, I'm a results-driven guy, right? To me, it's, you know, I have several goals when I go into the season. I want to win conference. I want to win the, turn, you know, the conference tournament. And then I want to go to the NCAA tournament in advance. And to me, if you haven't done those things, there's, there really isn't much improvement. Maybe we're closer to it, but to me, those are the key indicators, in my opinion, if a team really has advanced and really has improved. Yeah, it's interesting. It's the means versus the end, right? The end right now is not improved. BYU's lost two games to non-St. Zaga. BYU's own three versus St. Zaga. BYU has a nice overall record. Uh, in, in league, five losses, likely going to have probably six, hopefully not, but... Um, do you like the means or the end more? The means are that BYU is losing by fewer points in some of these games. 
do we just like that more? Do we just like that more? <laughs> the the margin of loss was less. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I think, uh, I mean, last year, a lot of things that drove people crazy was, you know, first, the amount of talent that was on the roster, right? But I think, B, that because those guys had a lot of freedom to play, they made a lot of bad mistakes at times, right? Just, you know, they jacked up shots early in the shot clock. They uh, threw erroneous passes that really around the back or behind their head or did things that drive anyone crazy, right? Because it's not uh, disciplined basketball. Um, and I think what they've done this year with this team, they need to do last year with last year's team, right? In terms of setting some discipline, setting some boundaries, letting them play within those boundaries, and then slowly loosening up and letting those guys play more within their comfort zone. And I feel like this year that really affected TJ. And uh, TJ was just trying to figure out how to play within a system, slow down. I think he's become more comfortable, but it took him 15 or so games to really get in his own where he knows what his role is, how to play within a slower style of basketball, which he's never played in his entire life. One question I would ask, and uh, we, we were hoping that BYU would challenge St. Mary's and Gonzaga a little more this year. Should they be, though? Gonzaga's 23-4, and four, ranked ninth. St. Mary's 24 and 3 ranked 15th. Do we think that BYU is going to be a top 25 team with no seniors? Like of all the seasons in the WCC, this is the one where I go, you know what? Third place third place is where we're going to be. We just want a better overall record. <laughs> I think every year, right? I mean, you look at last year Gonzaga was a top 5 team and St. Mary's was a top 20 team in my opinion. So, every year those teams are going to be really good. Every year um you're going to have to play a high quality of basketball to beat those teams. And, and one thing, let's, you know, let's look back on the previous games, right? I mean, BYU's one shot away from beating St. Mary's at home. I think if you do that, it's a whole different season, right? Yeah. It's a whole different conference play in regards to their confidence in regards to, you know, the standings. And then you, they go to Spokane and, uh, they're tied with a couple minutes left to play and they go to St. Mary's. I felt like it was never, Really, I mean, it was four, five, six, eight points, but that game probably wasn't as close as you know those other two games that they played. But I mean, they're right there, and the difference is, is they just lost. They didn't win those games, right? And so, to me, they can uh, compete with those teams. I feel like they can beat those teams. It's just a matter of executing 40 minutes of basketball, and there's probably five or six minutes in there where they don't do that as effectively. What for you, at least, and, and especially as a former player, I'm really curious about this, your opinion on, on what constitutes a successful season. Like, what would be success for this team this year? Yeah, right. I think in a lot of areas they've overachieved, right? They lost uh, Eric Mika. Um, my brother obviously didn't play this year. So when you lose two key contributors like that, experienced guys, and you get a bunch of new guys coming off their mission or JC transfers. I mean, that's a brand new team again. You can even consider Elijah playing this year as brand new because of how injured he's been and how much, how little he played last year. So when you put in all those key components, it's been really impressive to see what they've done, what they did in state and beating everyone here, what they've done out of state, uh, and then being competitive in the West Coast Conference. Um, but to me, once again. You know, I'd love to see them, you know, knock off Gonzaga the last game of the year. I'd like to see them hopefully get to the championship game in the West Coast Conference Tournament and, uh, you know, at the very least, you know, advance in the 
postseason play, whether it be the NCAA tournament or NIT, right? And those are key things that I look at to see, are they taking a step forward, or is this just the same third-place BYU Cougar team, can't compete with St. Mary's and Gonzaga, lose in the semifinals, make it to the NIT, get beat early. I mean, those are the key things that I'm going to be looking at in these last few weeks. Let's finish with this, Jackson. How's Nick doing? He's doing great. You know, it's it was a tough situation he had to go through, right? And such a when you've when you know people that have gone through these private matters, uh, it affects their life dramatically. And when it's been made so public and putting him in the spotlight with some of the you know personal issues he's faced with anxiety and depression as well as going through a divorce, uh, there's a lot to take on, especially as a 22, 23-year-old kid. And he's handled it extremely well. He's in a great spot. He's working out. He's getting his body and his mind right, getting ready for next year. And that's all you can ask of him, right? And you know, at times it was just getting through that day and getting to the next day. Uh, but I feel like we're finally past the, the day-to-day barrier and looking at next week and next month. And those are the things that are really allowing him to, you know, progress forward, build relationships, and do those things that will make him a better person as well as a better, better basketball player. Well, that's great to hear. We appreciate uh, you telling the, us that. And uh, great insight and opinion on uh, those topics. Jackson, we appreciate the time, man. Yeah, no, I look forward to these guys. They they fight hard every night. It's fun to watch them. I hope they end the season on a high note. I know it's tough when you know you can't win the conference, so hopefully they, they're playing for postseason play and keep that competitiveness going, and hopefully uh, they get ready to make a postseason run. Okay, thanks, Jackson. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too. Jackson Emery on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline. Your financial future. He's never shied away from kind of just yeah. Here's here's what I think's actually going on. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's always great to hear from Jackson. He's a great follow on Twitter, as you mentioned. You know, puts his opinions out there, and uh, we don't always share the same opinion too, which I can appreciate. Yeah, it's always great to hear from yeah. Jackson. Coming up, a matchup of top ten volleyball teams in the Valley and the Sun. Plus, your reaction to the question of the day. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Greg Rubel and Jackson Emery. If you missed some of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up tomorrow, former BYU head coach Steve Cleveland, also Spencer Linton. Spencer! Joining us from uh, Parts Unknown. Actually, we do know where Southern California. Southern California, somewhere. somewhere. Both of those guests uh, coming up tomorrow. In the meantime, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Cougars looking to snap a four-game losing streak at Pepperdine tonight in Malibu. The game live on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 10 Eastern Radio pregame at 9 Eastern. Women's basketball. The ladies host Pepperdine tonight at the Merritt Center. Catch the game on BYU TV at 8 Eastern time. It's a doubleheader on BYU TV. Volleyball. Seventh-ranked men's volleyball is at 10th-ranked Grand Canyon in a conference matchup tonight 8 p.m. Eastern in the first ever meeting between the two. You can watch the game on YouTube. Swimming and diving. Day one of the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Swimming Championships finished yesterday. Preliminaries wrap up today with the finals beginning at 9 tonight. The MPSF Diving Championships also begin today. Golf. The men's team begins competition today at the John A. Burns Intercollegiate in Hawaii. Softball. Smithers. Joey <laughs> begins playing the Marucci Desert Invitational today against Hawaii. Ah, not in Hawaii. Too bad. 
Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it? Who are you leaning to today? That's what I just asked you. Don't I'm, flip, I'm, don't flip I'm, it on me. I'm, I'm wondering where we're going I want you to today. bear this burden. Hey, this is a co-host type situation. Yeah, where are you going? It is, it is. Let's carry this. Where are you, where are you thinking? Who gets it? Who did something notable that we that that deserves this? We'll chew on that. Bo Hodge. <laughs> Bo Hodge gets today's rise and shout. <laughs> that quarterback room is full. No, rise and shout. I got it. Who? BYU's attendance. Oh, okay. Yep. I was gonna say, who's the lead singer of Nickelback? Yay! BYU's attendance gets the rise and shout. Uh, that box is soapy, man. The question of the day, what will be tomorrow's headline following the BYU at Pepperdine game? At Ames Flame, the streak is over. BYU demolishes Pepperdine at home, 87-67. A 20-pointer, that would be a 17-plus win. At Greg Rosenhand, BYU added salt to Pepperdine's wounds and came ready to eat. That feels odd. Another eat. Yeah, yeah. People are hungry? People, People are hungry. food reference. I think Greg's hungry. At D. Witty something. I'm not going to read it on BYU That is his Twitter handle. Yeah, I'm not going to read it on BYU TV, even if it is a name in the Book of Mormon. BYU comes from behind (laughs) to eke out, if you read the scriptures a lot, you know what I'm talking about, to eke out a narrow victory in triple overtime against another overmatched team. Triple OT! So OT wasn't enough last Saturday. Triple. At uh, Shay Lawrence. Dream headline in a surprise. Oh, we already read that one. Yeah. Okay, our elite tweet of the day, at CL underscore living. (laughs) Pepperdine waves Marty Wilson goodbye. Waves, Marty Wilson, goodbye. While BYU waves a magical kitten t-shirt in (laughs) hard-fought road victory. Is Mark Durant going to wear it again? I think so. I'm going to ask him tonight. I think so. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Always use the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand at BYUSN. Did you just throw it to the side? I did because we're off camera. (laughs) Conversation continues on BYUSN.com. Shout out to Dwayne Esplin. Peace.